Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. 
What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in. We hope you are staying safe and sane out there, and we appreciate you guys for being here with us. We want to let you know that we recorded the show about two months ago, so that's why there's no mention of COVID-19, but there is a lot of great value that you'll be able to put into your relationship today. And talking about value, Chase and I have been working really hard the last week to put together a podcast series for you guys specifically on topics related to COVID-19 and your relationship. So things that couples are specifically struggling on right now while we're all in quarantine. And this podcast series is called Love Under Quarantine. And there are 16 episodes with 16 different therapists, 16 different topics that they kind of recommended. We contacted them and we were saying, what are you seeing with your clients and with this situation that people are needing help with? And I know Sarah and I, just like probably a lot of you guys, are feeling the stress of this epidemic and being stuck in the house, all the uncertainty. It's been very eye-opening, the the real impacts of this. And uh, we wanted to put this together to help you guys and really for ourselves as well. And there are a ton of different topics that are being discussed on the show from ways to connect with your partner, working from home, parenting, stress, anxiety, just ways to different ways to deal with this really stressful situation. And so if you want to learn more information about this series, you can click on the link in the podcast description. On that website, it lists all the different topics that are available in this series, and we hope you we hope you check it out. And we wanted to make it affordable for you guys. It's twenty dollars, and ten percent of all profits will go to the Nosara Food Bank, which is a charity in the town of Nosara, Costa Rica, where we live, that is helping to feed over nine hundred families now that are needing assistance. This town relies largely on tourism, which Costa Rica closed its borders about a month ago. So people are really hurting as they are in a lot of places. And we wanted to be able to give back. We've already donated personally, but we thought this would be a great way to raise more money for the food bank. And we'll be sure to update you guys on that and, and how we're able to uh, or you guys are able to help them by buying this course and applying the information to your relationship and doing some good in the world so you can feel good about that. So if you guys want to check it out, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com. There will be plenty of links. You'll see it up at the top, Love Under Quarantine podcast series, as well as links on the podcast description. And it's super easy to buy. It takes less than a couple minutes. You can buy directly from your iPhone via Apple Pay or Google Pay or just your credit card. You'll get an email within a couple of minutes giving you access to adding it directly to whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it'll show up just like our regular podcasts do under a different title called Love Under Quarantine. In fact, why don't you just pause it right now, go in, (laughs) click on that link and get this podcast series because I know it's helped Sarah and I a lot and just to really deal with the stress both as a couple and individually and figure out a way to navigate this time a little bit better. 
So here is today's episode. We got a great show for you where we welcome Todd Jacobs and Peter Lynn. And for more than 13 years, they have been helping their students develop a mature and idealistic vision of marriage as a primary vehicle to create wholeness, meaning, purpose, and happiness in their lives. And we dive into just those things, how to create meaning, purpose, and happiness in your marriage or in your relationship. You don't have to be married to enjoy these tips. And Sarah and I have some homework to do, as yes, we usually we do. do after these shows. <laughs> we have a vacation to plan. <laughs> yes, that's one of the, the good tips, which is nothing new, but they have a, a kind of some research to back it up and some tips to do mini vacations and why those can be so important. Yes. So we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing with your friends and family, for leaving reviews, for checking out our website. We have a ton of free resources that our guests have given to us. And thank you for supporting us on this journey. Todd. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chase. How are you? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. We're doing great and we are happy to have you on and talk about a rather big topic, but I'm sure we're going to get some amazing smaller nuggets out of that. And that is how to create meaning, purpose, and happiness in our relationships. And we thought a good place to start would be how to create meaning and what that means to you guys, like creating meaning in our relationship. Okay. So that is a, a great question. And um, clearly that's one of the, that's one of our million dollar questions that if we can work <laughs> it out, we have a different type of life. <laughs> um, and, and I think different people will define meaning in different ways. For some people, it may be defined as meeting personal goals. Other people, it may be a function of a religious or spiritual set of values that they're trying to reach. But I think what is universal um, when it comes to creating meaning, especially via the relationship, is that most of us grow up with a feeling that our, our marital relationship or our love relationship can be the center of our happiness. And and as long as we don't approach it selfishly, and if we can approach it from a perspective that we think is the, the correct perspective, which is how can I build my spouse and how can I build myself through the relationship and how can we create something bigger than the two of us, which will in turn provide happiness, security, intimacy, love, faithfulness, all of these things that we, that we dream about. I think that is a, a pathway to something that probably on a universal basis, we would all agree is, is quite meaningful. I want to touch on one thing you kind of mentioned there, and that is making sure it, it's additive that we're going to build off of the relationship to create our happiness and not that the relationship is the key to our individual happiness. Because one thing I've realized kind of recently is that I was letting my primary relationship with Sarah and then even with friends and family kind of dictate my quality world, like how I felt going through the world. And I um, realized that's just not a healthy way to be, but I, I feel like that might be pretty common. Can you talk a little bit about that perspective? 
Okay, look, um, I think it's a it's a great question, and we have seen a couple of ways that people can easily either lose themselves in a relationship, or or let's put it even in a in a in a more powerful way, fail to gain the what they really can gain for themselves and for their spouse through the relationship. Um, one of the ways that we blow it is by you know, turning my spouse into some sort of a means for me becoming happy. Um, I get married because I'm looking for someone to make me happy, someone to take care of me, etc. Um, that usually fizzles out pretty quickly um, because when I'm when I'm assuming a role of being a taker in a marriage, we find that that rapidly sucks all the love out of a marriage. Um, and and if I look at a marriage as being, you know, something where you know, I just throw myself into it and hope that through the process of love, it all transforms into meaning and purpose. I, I will usually, in some sense, lose myself, lose my identity, and lose my and lose my way. We actually found that two very different types of people can come together in a relationship, and by taking on the responsibility for for, in a sense, helping you complete yourself through all the things that I bring to the, to the relationship and you completing me through the things that I'm lacking and can't do by myself, but which you bring through your personality and talents and, and capabilities, we can build something which is on the one hand bigger than the both of us and something that we can both really find ourselves in. And at the same time, um, in a sense, become the greatest versions of ourselves rather than losing ourselves in the process. It's really quite an unbelievable process. Yeah, it's really resonating with me what you're saying, because as I mentioned, I feel like I slipped into this idea that Sarah and I's relationship needed to be a certain way in order for me to be completely fulfilled. And just flipping that perspective on its head has been really valuable. And it's like, it seems so intuitive and like, yes, of course it starts within, but I feel like when we're in a marriage, when we're in a a relationship, generally a a more serious one, that we expect that it's got to be a certain way. And if it's not, we're going to let that affect our own happiness. At least I can only speak for myself, but that's Mm -hmm. what I have been doing. And it's been quite liberating to work towards like not having that be the the main narrative in my head. And it feels in, in some ways, yeah, like you're more in control of your own life and your own satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Just to add something here um, that, you know, I, I think one of the most important things that I find happens a lot with a lot of the relationships that we work with is that, you know, people expect perfection and they expect that they got married with a certain kind of, you know, desire for each other and a certain kind of, you know, uh, a certain kind of feeling of romance and a certain newness. And they expect perfection, basically that feeling to exist and stay within the marriage for a long period of time, if not forever. And, you know, one of the things that we always tell our students and all the couples that we work with is that great marriages are built. And it's about putting in consistent and constant effort into building your marriage. And so I think that, you know, along the way, of course, there are bumps in the road. And I think the difference between what makes a marriage that doesn't make it 
And then marriage that can really flourish is, you know, how committed, you know, is the couple to really trying to make things as better as possible to try and fix their own individual flaws they bring to the marriage to try and get more educated as far as what can we do to have a better marriage. So I think that, you know, just, I'm just hearing you as far as speak about a bump you're having in your relationship, that bump is really the make or break as far as what we decide to do when we hit those bumps in our relationships. You couldn't have said that at a better time because Chase and I are both really relating to that and the fact of after 11 years together, you have to let go of that idea of perfection because it's it's inevitable that you won't have those same feelings of passion and the romance that you once did, but to look at how the relationship has evolved into its new, maybe deeper love, I guess you could say, and, and what that means and what how that can benefit a relationship. Yeah, this, this is Todd. I, I'd, I'd love to comment on what you just said, because first of all, I think, you know, hats off to you, 11 years and you guys are working on your marriage and you've turned it into a project, you know, that, that is the, the type of proactive, you know, taking responsibility, not letting it just happen by itself. Um, that is the only way uh, to really build a great relationship. So, you know, looking forward to your 11 turning mm. into, you know, 20 and 30 and 40 and growing old and happy. But I, but I do, I do want to make one comment on something that you said. And, and it, it's a very deep point in marriage. And I've been married for now more than 30 years. So I've, wow. I've probably seen more of the, more of the ups and downs around that trend line uh, with, you know, with, uh, with, with all of the cyclicality that goes through a relationship. But, but I'd like to share a very, very deep idea that actually comes from the realm of Jewish mysticism, um, which seems like it may be, you know, like it's sort of old and like who cares and what would it have to say? But I actually find that most people find that it's an incredibly deep grab into reality as a whole. And then it can actually give you a, a very big insight into marriage. And, and, and this is, by the way, one of the places, the misunderstanding of this concept can really um, destroy many marriages in a very early phase. And here, here's the concept. There's, there's a basic idea that everything in reality goes through two phases, two very distinct phases. Uh, let's call one of them the phase of inspiration, and the other one is the phase uh, of building and making it real. So let's take an example. You have childhood followed by being an adult. You know, a child can be anything totally, you know, a child one day is a, is a doctor, a nurse, the next day a fireman, the next day a, a policeman, the next day, you know, um, a, you know a, a ballerina, the next day, you know, every single day is a different thing because the child is nothing but possibility. And then obviously the adult is the one who has to, has to take one of those possibilities and then do the actual work to make it real in the world. Um, and everything in, in, in reality actually follows that pattern. And, and nowhere is it probably more important to us to understand this than in the world of a relationship. Because most of us, if we're, you know, kind of lucky and, you know, we're, we're normal, healthy people, we get phase one. And phase one is the inspiration phase, the romance phase of a relationship. That's when you meet the person and the music is going off in your head and your heart is beating. And that, that, that's that intoxicating phase of romance, which is usually, by the way, what Hollywood movies are primarily focused on, right? It's just that, ro that whole romantic thing. And okay, you go through, you know, the, the, the romance, the, the boy meets girl, 
you know, boy and girl lose each other. They get in a fight. And in the end, of course, they fall into each other's arms again. And that's when, that's when the curtain comes down. Um, that is a problem if that is all that people think that the relationship is. And unfortunately, many people with immature visions of what a relationship is do think that's what it is. And as soon as that fades, then they feel that the relationship is over. They got the wrong person. They blew it again. They better go look again someplace else. But the reality is, is that the, the mystical idea is that now that you've gotten into the relationship through that process, that short-lived process of romance and inspiration, now you have to, when the curtain comes back up the next day on your real life and the real relationship, um, and you're no longer intoxicated, but now you're with this person and begin to notice some of the things that you didn't notice before, some of the imperfections, some of the flaws, and by the way, many of the deeper aspects as well, that's the point at which a decision has to be made to start doing the real work to build the relationship. And that's where all the giving begins. And relationships uh, go at that point from being passive to being highly proactive. And at that point, what you do with it can, can build a relationship um, in a very, very, very powerful way. And that's, that, that's the key to all, rela- all reality effectively and the key to certainly a marital relationship. We love that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that separation between inspiration and the building is an important recognition and it is so hard to take that inspiration and expectations and then when it butts up against reality and it's different and it's like, oh, we've never been here to not want to maybe walk away like some of our listeners in an early relationship might be feeling, but then diving in and and I think that's when the real growth, the real learning, sometimes hard stuff can happen. You know, just to just to add on to this conversation here, um, Sarah, you know, you said something, you know, that you've been married now 11 years, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, and, and the reality is, you know, like Todd was saying that things lose their inspiration and, you know, things get old with time. But where we've done a lot of research and we've seen a lot of great results is in the idea that with effort, and with real kind of focused attention that there is an ability to still keep things fresh. And there are, you know, there's a lot of great practical tools that we have seen and we have taught and we have used to really help people that even though you've been married for a certain period of time, there are things that can be done that can get us back to that same initial energy that we felt, that same initial passion that we felt and there are things that can be proactively done, which are, are, are not actually such a big thing. But what we've done is we've, we've kind of tried to filter through a whole bunch of research and a whole bunch of things that we've taught to kind of narrow down to find some key techniques of what can be done to really try and keep things fresh. And, you know, what we've seen is that couples, as, they're, you know, as they've been married for a longer period of time, if they integrate some of these practical tools, it's amazing as far as a certain kind of magic that can be created that all of a sudden you can have a couple that's been married for, you know, 15 years and they can still kind of create moments that bring them back to that original energy that they felt when they were, you know, dating in college and, you know, long weekends and all of that kind of chemistry that once existed. I'm dying to know what these are. Can you share some with us? So there are some that we, that we, 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 we go into, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one, which I find is a, a bit of an outside of the box idea, but, um, 
It's, 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 it's quite amazing. Okay. Vacations. So whenever you mention the word vacation, any normal human being says, I don't have the time or the money, or if you have children, who's going to watch the children? It's like, it's, it's, it's vacations are almost this kind of catch 22, something you really want, but you basically can't have it. And what's actually quite interesting is that, you know, a lot of people really invest a lot of time, energy, and money in trying to create these big epic vacations for their families or just them as a couple. And what's actually quite fascinating, one of the things that we have seen to really work and and really be true is the idea of a mini vacation. And let me explain to you what a mini vacation is. A mini vacation is, you know, there you are, you have a couple that's been married for a certain period of time. And let's say they both work in a certain city, but they live in the suburbs. And what will happen here on a regular Tuesday night, that couple will meet after work. They'll grab a bite to eat somewhere maybe, and they'll get a hotel room in the city. And they'll go back to the hotel room. They'll enjoy each other. They'll have a beautiful night together. The next morning, they'll both wake up, have breakfast, and back to work. And it may sound like, well, what's that really going to do? And what's that really going to you know, give to us you know, as far as our marriage is concerned? But um, besides the fact that research shows that your well-being goes up tremendously with lots of small vacations rather than you know, just one big vacation a year, it's amazing that if all of a sudden you have a couple that they know a week from now on a Tuesday night, they're going to be able to spend time together. Not only will you start getting excited for it leading up to it, not only will you begin to change your schedule around so you can make sure that you're really free that night, not only will you begin to, you know, maybe do your, you know, do everything you can to look your best, whether it's get that haircut, buy that dress, etc. But all of a sudden, besides just the leading up to it, it will be a magical period of time that you'll really cherish because you realize that this is something we don't always get a chance to do. It's something we've been looking forward to, but look what we have. We have, you know, 10 hours max to spend time with each other away from children with our phones off, hopefully. So not only do you have leading up to the vacation, not only do you have that kind of 10 hour period itself, but then you also have the savoring afterwards as far as all the great energy that can be created post that event and how it can trickle over basically to the next kind of few weeks or even months of your marriage. And what we found is that even with couples that have been married 15, 20, 25 years, by creating these small little mini vacations and which are low budget, but they're really epic and something that you really plan and go out of your way to make happen, we've seen that that creates a certain spark and a certain freshness in the marriage, which is really unbelievable to see. Yeah, and and I would just add one thing, which is really fascinating research that we've seen uh, in a couple of different places. And that is, it turns out that when you measure the happiness associated with a vacation, um, it tends to be more intense and more consistent in producing happiness when you're in the phase of planning the vacation together as opposed to actually 
going through the vacation. And by the way, especially when it's the, you know, as Peter described that the big Hail Mary vacation, you know, we're going to go away for two weeks. Um, when you're in the planning phase, everything is perfect. The two, it's exciting. The two of you do it together. You could every night spend half an hour, 15 minutes, grab a moment. Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? Um, and that tends to be a perfect time together as opposed to when the flight is late or delayed and they lose your <laughs> luggage and the hotel room is not what you thought and the food comes and it's cold and, you know, the weather is rainy and, you know, the, the, the vacation in reality quite frequently fails to meet expectations. And obviously it also has kind of a declining marginal value every extra day of the vacation. First day of the vacation, we all say, oh, we're here. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing to be with you. Oh, it's so awesome. The next day, you know, has a little bit less impact. The next a little bit less. So we actually found like literally, if you can be always planning your next vacation and make it a small enough vacation um, that where you get kind of maximum, you know, benefit from that small amount of time you spend together and you're frequently working on the next vacation together, we found it's an incredible way just to keep a, a lot of fresh energy alive in a, in a relationship. Just to add one small point here is that we've even seen that, you know, let's say it's too hard for a couple during the week. We've even seen that, you know, a lot of people we speak to say that, you know, Sunday is family day, which is, you know, a beautiful idea. We've actually seen that um, what's been more powerful for families is that all of a sudden you take a husband and wife and you say, listen, let's get a babysitter today, okay, for at least maybe half of the day. And let's get, let's, let, let's go somewhere together. Let's get a hotel room, you know, for about six, eight hours. We'll just go there. We'll hang out together. Someone's with the kids. And even just having that Sunday where you're a bit isolated, where no one's around, where your phones are off, where you can be together and hang out. And then maybe, you know, going back out to dinner with your family that night or something. So even if it can't be done, let's say during the week, we've even found success with couples that we have worked with by them trying to do this, you know, one Sunday, you know, every other month. Sarah and I have some homework to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. This makes a lot of sense. We intuitively know we need to make time for this and we just haven't. Our life sometimes feels like a vacation. We live in Costa Rica. We travel a bit, but they're not vacations and we're working a lot. And especially since having our daughter, Stella, who's four and a half now, we've just not made the time for, for each other in this way. And, and we kind of really realized it. We talked about it on the show last fall and we took, I think, our first trip in four years by ourselves for like mm, uh, three yeah. nights. And it was really nice. But I like the idea of always planning one. Yes. That, yes. You know, it's not another year before we do another one and that we're always planning. But first, we want to talk to you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Dipsy. Now, more than ever, with all of us or most of us stuck at home, self-quarantining, maybe you're alone and you're single or you're with your partner and we're certainly not going out on dates and you might be finding you just need a break from the media news these days mm -hmm. in your inbox. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. These stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you are right there. And there's truly a story for everybody, no matter what you're into. 
They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. You can find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor, or even stories about trying that new toy together. The guided sessions can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. So try a new way of getting turned on with Dipsy. And for the listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash I do. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash I do. DipsyStories.com slash I do. We also wanted to take this time to tell you guys about our podcast series, Love Under Quarantine. And if you're like Sarah and I, you've been experiencing quite a bit of stress and uncertainty around this whole COVID-19 epidemic. And we're right there with you getting through it. So we decided to put together this course with 16 therapists who are working with clients who are dealing with with all of the uncertainty and stress of these times, and specifically tools and tactics that are very actionable to help improve, repair, maintain your relationship. Just survive. (laughs) Survive while we deal with this. So we put it together. It's $20. You go to the link in the show notes and you can just buy it right there. And 10% of the proceeds go to the Nosara Food Bank to feed local families here in Nosara, Costa Rica. So you're doing some good there and you're going to be helping your relationship in these tough times. It's super easy to sign up. If you have Apple Pay or Google Pay set up on your phone, it takes literally a minute. It's super fast. And if you don't, you can pay via your credit card. You get an email within a minute and the podcast series goes directly into wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. So it's super easy. It takes less than a minute. And we hope you guys check it out. That's right. It's a very, it's a very powerful thing. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things that, you know, so many of our students are, you know, let's call it in their 20s, 30s, into their early 40s. And that is, you know, generally speaking, everybody's got their own, you know, kind of way of living their lives. But for many people, that's the most intensive part of their career building. And for those who are building families, it's the most intensive and draining part of family building. And, um, and another thing that we just try to get people to commit to is something as simple as a date night. And, and a lot of people pay lip service to date night and talk about how it's important. But when you actually look at the research again, you find that a very small number of couples go on a date night more than once a month. Very, very small number. And, and that's another one of those game changers where, you know, whether or not, by the way, you can get out of the house and go out to eat or go mini golfing or go to a movie or go to a cafe, that's one thing. But, but even, even putting your kids to bed, if indeed, you know, you're dealing with a couple with kids, even putting the kids to bed, both of you making sure that you're showered, fresh, you know, look good, smell good, like, like you did, you know, like you took care to do in the times when you were dating change the lighting, change the music, have some wine, have some Chinese food, but turn it literally into Tuesday night is a night where, again, the phones are off and whether we're at home or whether we're out, we are all about each other. It's not about the practical things that we need to talk to uh, talk about during the, you know, during, during the average day. We're going to make it a night to focus on each other and on the relationship. And, and, and by the way, it's, it's much harder to really pull it off 
than it seems. We've actually, we've actually gone as far and it's kind of cute when couples like literally sign contracts that we're going to set up mm-hmm. Tuesday nights mm-hmm. as date night. And if something comes up, which can't be avoided, then it shifts to Wednesday night. And if Wednesday night can't happen, it shifts to Thursday. And when you put it into your schedule like that, so that you're planning around it all week long, it actually has a, a pretty good chance of happening sometime during the week. And again, once a week to remember that we love each other, we're committed to each other, we want to work on the relationship, and we want to spend special time together. That's a, it's, it's a total game changer for, versus people who are simply not doing that. These are some great reminders. And, and I'd love to dive into some other tips, but I'm really curious about learning how we can create meaning in our relationships. And, and I, you mentioned earlier, like that, that higher meaning. What are some steps a couple can do? And I'm asking this because I feel like Sarah and I mm. don't yeah. really have anything clear there. So what can we do to create that? So let me let me talk about um, a couple of things that we have defined as being what we would call paradigm shifts, um, which I think are at least mindsets. Because again, when, when we talk about meaning, it, it becomes a, a bit elusive. Because again, meaning to me might be different than meaning to you, or diff, you know, different than meaning to any of your you know given listeners. But I think again, the the, the common thread is going to be to create intimacy, to create trust, to create a type of a, a, a closeness in a relationship where you've got my back, I've got yours, I'm investing in you, you're investing in me. And, and again, we build something together that we could not build um, uh, apart from each other. Now, to the extent that we can also have some ideals that we can sort of try to pursue as a couple, um, that's an, you know, that can add a whole dimension of meaning again, which will differ couple to couple, but I think can be quite powerful. So let, let's just take the two of you, for example. I mean, the two of you have seemingly decided to devote a good part of your life to helping other people create great relationships. Well, that's, that's a very powerful thing to do. And the extent to which the two of you as a unit are working together to help other people find love and happiness and security and, and a, and a stable relationship, which by the way, eludes most people. Um, that, that's, that, that's a way to create meaning by working together with an ideal that is in a sense bigger than the two of you. Um, for some other people, it might be that, that, you know, they feel it's a very beautiful thing to build a family. Um, and they can't do it apart. They don't want to do it, you know, by themselves. And they feel that each one can bring something to the to the creation of a family and to the and to the nurturing of children that neither could do by themselves. That's a that's another very powerful way for the two people to say there's an ideal and an idea that we are both trying to make real and we're going to do it together. And the way we do it is I invest in you, you invest in me, and we try to keep our eye on the ball of what we're trying to accomplish together at the same time. Um, that that when something when we're serving something which is bigger than ourselves, it really does take us out of that realm of being small people who tend to get selfish and tend to get highly focused on the faults of the other and what the other's not doing, etc. All right, sir, we got we got some work to do, but <laughs> we do. It, it does make sense, and there's no easy answers there. But I think it's the intention and to create that meaning. You know, it's not just going to pop up, but you have to like work towards it and working towards something. I love that you gave the 
personal examples, at least that I feel I can relate to, like the podcast and the family, because I never really thought of those as serving a bigger purpose. And I feel like I always struggled with feeling that there was a bigger purpose for our relationship and for my life. So I thank you for mentioning those because I feel somewhat of a relief that those two items can be a, a bigger focus for Chase and I. Yeah. And, and, and I, I would even say that, by the way, you know, this concept that we sort of play out over and over in different forms in, the, in, the, in our book is that when I view myself as trying to act in the capacity that my spouse needs me to act in, meaning, meaning rather than thinking about what I want out of the relationship, I think of myself as being a person who is completely devoted to helping my spouse achieve completeness, happiness, security. Um, Well, a couple of amazing things happen from that. One of the things that happens from that is I tend um, to create uh, a, a virtuous cycle where when my spouse gets it, that I'm really all about making sure that 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 he or she is taking care of being built, being completed, it tends to generate very positive energy in my spouse that comes back to me. So I'm not saying do it selfishly, but I am saying that the reality is there is a great cycle that if I, number one, invest in you, and number two, show gratitude uh, and feel gratitude for all the things you do for me, we tend to, we tend to just keep um, energizing each other to do more. And, and, and I think that it should never be belittled, the idea that if what I did through the course of my marriage was I helped my spouse become the person that he or she was meant to be and could not have become without me, I mean, between us, what's more meaningful than that? Really? Mm, yeah. Is there anything more meaningful than that? It may not be saving, you know, saving the whales or curing cancer, but it is something that, that, that I have lived a life where I've helped another person achieve their own greatness, satisfaction, happiness, which is a, a very, those are rare commodities in this world. And I think it's a huge accomplishment and I think it's very meaningful. Just to just maybe add on something, I just, maybe as an outsider, just to seeing the two of you and even doing this podcast is that, you know, we live in a world today where the reality is, you know, especially in America, the divorce rates are going up. And, you know, there was an, uh, an article in the New York Times a while ago, basically said that the divorce that they saw was maybe taking a turn for the better, but they said for two reasons. Number one is that people were getting married much later. So therefore they could do what they wanted to in their twenties and thirties and forties, and then they get married later. So like divorce doesn't really happen so much. And number two, people were deciding not to get married because the quote was, if it doesn't work out, we can just break our lease. So I think that in a world today where this thing called marriage is, you know, is, is crumbling in a certain way. And, you know, you know, we, the, the couples we meet, the students we work, work with, you know, it used to be a long time ago that it was just so much more expected that, you know, people came from a home of married parents. Today, it's funny, but, you know, it's almost quite surprising when you hear that people come from a healthy home. And their parents are happily married. And so I think that what the two of you are trying to do by trying to give people tools and insights into how to actually make their marriages not just work, but to thrive, 
and, and, and a world today, I think that the two of you are not just doing something meaningful. I think you're, you know, you're, in, you're in somewhat of the emotional military of the world, really trying to, you know, fight for something which, which if more people could have it, I think that overall well-being in the world would look quite different. Thank well, you. Thank you. But, but <laughs> we're we're right there with all yeah. those people as far as we're, we kind of look at ourselves as mediums mm. and, and we're just happy to have people like yourselves who mm-hmm. are doing the research and in the... Teaching us. Yeah, teaching <laughs> us. And we apply it to our marriage and then just put it out there. And, and so... So thank really, you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. And we like to tell our listeners, like, sometimes I think we, we say, oh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Look, it, it's not... It's not always hard, but I think we say that in the sense of like, if it's feeling hard to you right now, it's because it can be, and it can also be really beautiful and the best moments of your life in relationship, but not all the time. And and that's, I guess, where the hard comes in, but maybe there'd be a, a better description. Like it takes work. It takes intention. It takes, you know, you don't just create meaning all by itself. I mean, maybe some people can, but... Sarah and I need to work towards that. I feel like we live individually pretty meaningful lives, but we haven't gotten together as a couple and intentionally said, hey, let's work towards this or, hey, you know, the podcast, let's make that's going to be what brings us together. And but really intentionally doing it, I think there's value in that intentionally doing the work. And and yeah, we just thank you guys. And maybe this is a good place to to wrap up and obviously we could spend hours and hours talking about how to create meaning <laughs> and purpose and happiness, but I think we chipped away at it pretty good. Before we wrap up, guys, can you tell us a little bit about your book, about anything you want to share with our listeners? And is there anything you can leave with us and our listeners that maybe we skipped over or that you want to emphasize uh, before we say goodbye? Sure. The, uh, this is Todd. I'll tell you, first of all, one of the reasons that we wrote the book is you know, we've been working together, Peter and I, for 15 years um, with uh, some fantastic students who have come to a, a an institute that we put together in Jerusalem, um, where guys, where guys come and they learn about leadership, business ethics, philosophy, and one of the things that we found in our students was that the, you know they they were typically very well prepared for let's say the world of career. Um, you know, there, there's, I think there's three things that are always true when you approach a career. One is you understand it takes lots of preparation. Number two is you understand that when you're in the career, you're going to get reviewed on a regular basis, your performance. And number three is you generally have a very, very clear picture of success. And what we found is some of the best and brightest young men and women are phenomenally well-prepared for their careers. And when it comes to probably the most complex and for some people, the most important area that they're looking forward to in life, uh, which is to say their their relationship, their love life, they neither have any real preparation for it. They certainly, the only kind of review they ever get is when their you know, spouse yells at them and tells them they're being a crummy you know, spouse or, or, or once in a while says, hey, that was really nice. You're, you know, you're a good husband, you're a good wife, you're a good you know, partner. But very frequently, and I think Peter alluded to this before, there's very rarely a clear picture of what a real successful relationship looks like. I mean, does it mean that we're not fighting? Does it mean we're still married? We're not divorced? Is that success? Or is success measured as what we're accomplishing, how we've built each other? And that all of those realizations from 
really like the best and the brightest young people saying, we know how to do it in career, but we don't know how to do it in marriage really made us feel that it was high time to write a book that would try to, you know, kind of um, put together both the, the, the deep wisdom and the practical implementation skills to try to really make that happen in, in your marriage as well as in your uh, as well as in your career and other parts of your life, which you're very well prepared for. So, so the book we wrote, um, it's called uh, Not a Partnership. And uh, we have a website, www.notapartnership.com. And if you hit notapartnership.com forward slash relationship advice, you will get uh, a lot of further information and uh, access to some other uh, types of research and other materials that we've put together uh, for your listeners. Excellent. Well, we'll have the links to your website and your book on your show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And again, Todd and Peter, thank you so much for joining us. This was a wonderful interview. We have so many nuggets that we're going to take home and, and put into our relationship. And I know our listeners will as well. So uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Best of luck with everything. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. As always, all the links are in the podcast description and on our website. So if you are dying to check out our new podcast series, Love Under Quarantine, you can click those links in the episode description and get access immediately. The podcast series is now available and we hope you guys check it out. And as well, there are always free resources on our website at idpodcast.com, freebies, all different types of topics. So check out our website and we hope you guys enjoyed the show. You were listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.